Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. What's mine is yours. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Not the other way around. No, it is. Both. But it goes both ways. Oh, thank you. Well, Zach, then you can have those shoes. You're right. <laughs> Take them you right off of the day. This is it. This is the day. <laughs> I'm going to do today. The problem with these shoes, the real interesting thing about these shoes is people are always like, what happened to your foot? Because I think there's like a medical vibe to them. So people are always like, <laughs> oh my God, is everything like an air cast? Yeah, that's like the, yeah, that's mostly what yeah. I talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of my day is spent like telling people my feet are okay. <laughs> and they're not really. So that's the like, greatest part about it. They're just like not that okay. What, what's wrong with your feet? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're not great feet. They're fine, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel the same exact way. I don't yeah. think they're that ugly, but if I have to look at, like, if I, if you said, you have the choice to look at your feet or not look at your feet. Yeah. I choose not look at my feet 10 out of 10. <laughs> I went down a, like a crazy route where I had uh, on Warp Tour. I like, we were on Warp Tour for a whole summer and I basically like wore the same socks all summer. Oh. And I like ruined my feet. I got like crazy um, like what ingrown, fungus in my nails. That, like, ingrown crazy. nails? Crazy. I had to go through like a crazy process to get it undone. Yeah. So to me, I have like. Giselle's feet now. We're like on the Tom Brady vibe, you know, whatever. But I have like great feet for compared to how bad they were. You know, if it's I had a before, relative. I got to show people like a before and after because yeah. I like feel great about them now. Question When you were choosing to wear only one pair of socks for an entire summer, did you have the means to own another pair of socks? Well, the whole thing was that. You just don't have on on Warp Tour. You didn't have the means for any. Like there was no laundry to be done. There was yeah. no. You know what I mean? So it was just like, and we were just like these like trashy kids. So it was just like, were you bus or van at this point? We were bus, but like the worst possible, like the first bus you could get. So it was like <laughs> heat on in the summer and like oh god, it was brutal, man. <laughs> and brutal. you didn't think to bring an extra pair of socks. I'm sure I started. Now I don't know. I probably packed myself, so I probably didn't start with that many. But like you know, it's like. You're trying to get socks for free from, like, I don't know, Monster. Monster I'm sure they had yeah. socks or something. You know what I mean? Like, I need those four loco socks. The five loco socks. You know what I mean? <laughs> five loco. You know? Like like five toes. Yeah. Like, know, I'm going, like, I like it. I'm going above and beyond. You know what I mean? Five loco. When you think of those moments, do you think back with fond memories? Or is it like, oh, I could have done this differently. Or I wish I would have done this back then. I think it gets remember. You remember it weird, right? Because like you, how you, for me, it was all compressed. So it's like a lot of big things that happened in like little moments where you're just like, uh, you're next to like Rihanna at the VMAs, and then you know, like it's like so it's like it's all compressed in with like like. Then you're like barfing at a rest stop on Warp Tour, you know, like it's all compressed together. So yeah. it's like unless the other guys in the band are here, it's hard to like even kind of like figure them out and you like remember them wrong otherwise you know what i mean i totally understand that because yeah. it's your view of something of a universe that everybody was a part of you had a huge group around you on yeah. that journey yeah and it's hard to you know it's hard to remember like you don't really stop and think about how much your perspective really i look so like how you're the the past is like a funny thing right so like i would like i was reading this i read this great little like um dumb silly thing on like what i don't know medium.com i don't remember what it was but like basically they were like okay this the company that makes the the solid state boosters for the space shuttle they wanted to make bigger solid state boosters right but they couldn't fit them they they ship them on a train they couldn't fit them through the tunnel they couldn't fit them through the tunnel because the tracks were only four feet by five inches wide the tracks are four feet by five inches wide because the english built the tracks and the english built them in that size and they built them in that size because that's the size that uh, carriages were, and they they just built them the same size as carriages. And carriages were that size because they needed to r- ride in the wheel ruts of European roads, which were designed by the Roman army. So, like the space shuttle rocket boosters can only be a certain size because two Roman army horses fit in between their wagon. You know what I mean? Which is like a thousand years ago, or whatever, like eight hundred years ago, or whatever. Which is wild and it's you know just I mean? to transport them right like that's the only thing you need to be able to get it through this tunnel that is a certain size yeah and it's only this size because it's like arbitrary but it like fit the roman war horses which is like <laughs> kind of crazy it's just like funny how the past like isn't you know it's the past but it's not the past and it's like i think about it in terms of like what your perspective is sometimes like if you talk to somebody like i'll talk to somebody else in my band and they're like it was like this and like this and i'm like that's like 
not how it was, but like maybe it is kind of how it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's your version. It's of your it. version of it. And, but do, has there been moments as you guys have? <coughs> and I really want to dive in, dear future self. Hands up. What are you calling it? Um, what am I calling it? Man, we like start with like all these like, you know, like we'll 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 call th- like the you know, uh, we'll call things like this this. The Scott, like it'll be named like the Ska song, or then it turns like into like a Ska dance, and then it's named, you know, like all of our names are like whatever, and then we start like trying to call the song a name on a set list. Like our set list is filled with the real song names, but then we have our old, we can't remember, you can't play them. Hold on, hold on. So you're saying you have a, you and the band look at your songs and you have a totally different name than the, for a lot of them, than the one the public. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of them. Because they start as, like, these other things, you know what I mean? Like, going back to, like, the past, you know what I mean? It's like the, the Roman Warhorse-ass song. <laughs> so whatever you originally f- named the file when it was created, yeah. essentially, stick that, that's the name for you forever? Lots of times, especially if we talk about it a bunch. Like, if we talk wow. about the song a bunch, it'll be, you know, yeah. That's real. but that's I like- was, like, the other day I was talking about, so we have this song on the greatest, on our greatest hits or whatever, like, called Bob Dylan. And I was sitting here talking to my buddy, and I was like, you know, Patrick's like, he's not sure about Bob Dylan, and like, he doesn't know about Bob Dylan, all this stuff. A, a, a friend who worked intimately on the song, and he was like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't expect him to like Bob Dylan. He's just like an artist that I wouldn't, I was like, it's like, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird how, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But by the way, like, people always say you create music for you at first and then totally. it's for the rest of the world totally this really does solidify that in my mind totally and it's like not, the song is what you think the song is until other people experience it and then it becomes you know I, like you look at it with like drake or something and i'm like it's like the public decides the singles they decide yeah. like when songs are like this song i guess just is the single because they like this song with dear future self at what point do you find the name for it? Is it once the song is written that it kind of just kind of stands out? Yeah, but lots of times, like, we'll have, like, we have songs that we called, like, the summer song, because it was, like, reminded <laughs> us of something. You know, like, it's just, like, whatever, you know what I mean? This one, what were we, I can't remember what were we calling it. We might have just been calling it. I think we were calling it um, Dear Planet Earth, because that was, like, originally a different lyric in it, so we might still call it that. I don't even know. Which is no longer a lyric in it, so that makes zero sense. How did this record start? Who, who does it start with a, a piece from a guitar? Does it start with production? Does it start with a lyric? This one, I think, actually more started with the idea of the hook. Like, I, I talked about it a little bit, but, like, to me, for our band, the, the ultimate song for our band would be, like, that we could, I think, play play or like theoretically be a part of is a song like hey yeah because it's like it's like perfectly crafted in the way where you're like it's the it's like a throwback but it's the future and it's like you know what i mean it's like yeah. one of those weird and it's weird but like it's like a timeless song and like so you're always in search of that but that's like the one that's like up here and we're we're chasing that and i think so i think this song kind of started with the beat and it started a little bit um with the idea of doing like the surf guitars, which is a kind of a return to the song we did, Uma Thurman, yeah. and uh, yeah, should I be listening on headphones? Does my voice sound crazy? No, you sound great. Am I having a lot of voice cracks? No. It's, by the way, we'll, could we'll, I be on air here? Yeah. <laughs> could, could I get a, Could I get a seat? You only come on the th- panel you in Hollywood. Come, you oh my god, I sound crazy. One. No, you, you sound good. Are these the headphones? Yeah. I don't know. What? Am I moving through to Hollywood? Yeah, you are. Like a vote. Golden yeah. ticket. <laughs> no, but you have a group of people around you, so you have to learn how to balance responsibility so you don't look like a crazy manager or crazy tyrant, right? I mean, we're all crazy, I think, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and I try not to micromanage, but, like, last night I, like, I took my kids to Horror Nights, and I was like, all right, first we're doing this maze, and then we're like, and they're like, Jesus Christ, let's just, like, Go and see how it is. I'm like, no, you got to like, you know, like, it's like, it doesn't need to be like that. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. So do we, what, okay, go. I was going to say, or you could have an efficient experience and micromanage your, your universal horror nights situation. You can have an efficient experience and like, at the end of it, like, you can go and be like, 
Horror Nights was fine. I kind of hate my dad, but... <laughs> but <laughs> he hey, was scary. You got every... <laughs> what scared you the most? My father. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but you got every maze done. We did. Congratulations. You did. You know, cruised. Yeah. Dude, that's... Every maze and Jurassic Park or World or whatever, so... Get out of here. Yeah, with a, with a poncho. Mm. So, hey. Bravo. You know? Zach Sang Show. Hey, beautiful human, real quick. If you're considering going back to school, you should ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University could be the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers 200 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree as you would on campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. If you want more information, text my name, Zach, to 35517. That is Zach to 35517. So you can learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within, 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 within 90 days of graduation. That's a big number. 87% of the graduates, they get a job in 90 days. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU online degrees, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. Knowledge is power. Zach Sancho. Back to you. Uh, hey, y'all. <laughs> yeah. When you guys are starting to create a record or you go into the studio, do, do you set, like, a creative goal? Like, do you strive for something or, like, like how does it work? I think that you want, like, a lot of times we want, you know, like, yeah, you're, you're always tr- start out trying to make, like, Casablanca or Wizard of Oz or something. But sometimes you just end up with, like, Goonies or, like, garbage bell kids or you know i mean like sometimes you just it's like you're like well it wasn't it's not gonna have as big of a pop culture impact as we wanted but we're still chasing something that's interesting you know um yeah so yeah i think that that's like the 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 big overall goal but at the same time lots of things that we bring in or somebody brings in is is not going to end up there you know like sometimes you know like i think about it in the terms of like you're making food for somebody and like not everything's going to be like the main dish there needs to be like the stuff on the side and sometimes they're like you know jalapeno mac and cheese is like super fire but it's just like not the main dish you know what i mean <laughs> but do you so need- we're never trying we never go in going like we're making the jalapeno mac and cheese we're always trying to make the like i don't know chicken cordon bleu or whatever like i don't know any of this <laughs> but yeah you know the vibe <laughs> i vibe how do you challenge yourself in the studio to keep it fresh because i feel like like it must feel like a, I don't know. You've been doing this a long time, yes, and you've been creating with the same core group of people for quite some yes. time. How? Oh my do- God, Zach just called me old. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, what uh, was it like season. in like the like seventies? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> was TV like in color yet? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the moment it switched from black and white to color? <laughs> Describe your feeling, um, but no. But how do you keep it fresh? Because even now, like this is a great question. Actually, I've been with Dan yeah. for eight years, and it gets yeah. Stale. And I think it you run <laughs> the you. risk of it becoming kind of Groundhog's Day a little bit, you know. And and for us, because it used to be when we first started, we like fought over every little thing, and like we also like did pranks, or, like all the yeah. stuff that you do as like a young person, you know, like where you're like, you know, what I mean, and like. Uh, and we were more, you're more irreverent because you just don't really care about the rules or know what they are. Yeah, you're you know? kids. You're kids. So you don't care. Um, so I think that like bringing in somebody like Wyclef is actually super helpful because you stir it up, you know, yeah. it, like make it, it, it forces it to be a little weird and a little askew. We did the same thing. We worked with baby face. We did this, you know, like when you, I think sometimes when you add a different perspective to the mix, it forces you to, because the rules change all of a sudden, you know, like we're making like a ska song with surf guitars that kind of has a drum beat that sounds like the the thing you do, you know, or whatever, which is kind of wild. But, but, but that one additional collaborator could really change the way the room works and the song you end up getting. Totally. What's the biggest difference? Well, thankfully, we're never in the room with each other, so it changes Re- the way the emails look. Re- <laughs> is that how... how no, is, I mean, we are, but like... Is that hard to craft a record through email? 
Um, I think in some ways it's easier to me because I think when you're emailing with somebody or texting with somebody, it forces you to be a little more upfront with what you're saying. You can't like really like because you can't beat around the bush. You can't really, you know, like you're trying to get it, get it done. You know what I mean? And, and I think that sometimes, so the thing that I've noticed with bands, at least our band and other bands that I've like recorded with is that when you are in the room, sometimes you get down the rabbit hole of like putting like effects pedals on this thing. And then all of a sudden, and you're like, it's late at night. And you're like, this is a crazy idea. Like this bridge is insane. And then you listen to it the next day and you're like, what was that? What was I thinking? That was so like that edible kicked in far too early. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but so we do both. You know what I mean? So we do like, we'll go to like, we usually will start it not in the room with each other. And then we, once it gets going, we get in the room. Got it. So like who usually starts with the idea? It goes all different ways. The most common will be, I'll go to Patrick and be like, what if it's like this thing mixed with this thing? And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. Because my brain just doesn't really work correctly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be like, that doesn't even make, you know, like you can't mix like this and that. It doesn't make like music theory-wise sense. But then he'll like kind of put it together and it, it makes an odd version of whatever it is, you know. But that's team that's, that's yeah collaboration totally believers never die so volume one comes out in 2009 that's your yes. first best uh, uh best of yes. uh your biggest greatest hits, hits greatest hits yeah. jesus christ it's pretty yeah. amazing yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 weird because i think that it's like a little weird as a band to like talk about mm-hmm. greatest hits like to me it's like like when you go to a restaurant and you're like What's the most like? I was just in Destroyer, that restaurant right over here. Do you guys know it or no? I don't know. It's Culver City. You should go check it out. Okay, Destroyer. I got they comped me my meal today. As long as I would talk about this on air. <laughs> <laughs> Send them the receipt. <laughs> so make sure this doesn't get cut, guys. <laughs> I was like, listen, <laughs> I forgot my wallet, but you'll never guess where I'm headed right now. <laughs> the world's famous Zach Sanctuary. What is that? Uh, no, it's really good. You should check it out. But uh, no, you asked the question like, "What's the best thing on the menu? What What does everybody yeah, order?" Yeah. So you asked the question, "What's the best thing?" Or what does everyone order? Like, it's a sampler plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like got the the chicken nut. You know, it's like safe. It's 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 that, and that's what like our greatest hits are to me. But 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 so now you have volume volume two coming. But is it going to be all greatest hits, or is there going to be anything new in there? So we're gonna have Dear Future Self, and then we're gonna have. Bob Dylan, the song, not the guy. <laughs> For anyone listening still who's made it this far, congratulations, and it's going to be the song, not the guy. <laughs> Uma Thurman's going to be on there, too. There's yes. tra- I mean, there's rumored track listing, or is it confirmed? I don't know. Let's confirm it right now. I mean, let me whip, let yeah. me whip out my computer here. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, I know Uma Thurman's on here. Yes. Uh, the Phoenix. Yes. Alone Together. Yes. Young Volcanoes. Ooh, yes. Centuries? Yes. Light them up. Yes. Huge hit. Needs yes. to be on there. Uma Thurman. Yes. Big one. Uh, out of all these records, champion. Yes. The last... Wait, what did you say? Out of all these records, champion? Uh, no, I don't, no, out of all I was... these... I was starting a question that oh, I kept yeah. going down the list. Yeah, yeah. But out of all these records, is there one that, su- like, that the success surprised you? Well, the immediate one I would say would be... And I could like go through this and talk in depth on all these, and it would be dorky I, and annoying for people but, but i love it <laughs> it would just be like me and you at yeah. the end of the day uh everybody leaves <laughs> there's one light on why are they just sitting here in uggs <laughs> uh i yeah, i would say light them up for sure in the way that like i remember playing it for people before we put it out and it was really polarizing people were like ah hair metal scream is kind of weird and then other people were like this is so heavy and i think we thought that it could be like a a cult thing but we didn't think that there was gonna we didn't we didn't think about it in terms of like oh it'll be on played on like the radio and stuff and you'll go perform at places you know like yeah. at wherever and and it, so it was a mainstream hit yeah which is kind of weird so we didn't think about it in, in terms of that yeah have you ever throughout this creative process started the process striving for a mainstream hit yes <laughs> and ha- what ends up happening uh those songs are very have usually been uh forgettable i think like whenever we've been like oh this song seems like it would like sink really big or like let's write a ballad you know or something it just never it doesn't it does not work any of our songs that have ever been like 
quote-unquote hits have not started as like, this is going to be a hit. Because like you work against the universe, like you 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 ask for it, but you don't. I don't know. It's weird. I think so, and I think our band specifically, we sit in a really weird lane, and so a straight ahead song has never just really worked. You know what I mean? Like when we are like, oh, this song would work for this person or something like that. It just doesn't. So we don't even do them anymore. Or if we write them, we like try to give them to people or whatever. When you think of the lane that you're chilling in, do you see Green Day and Weezer right next to you? I don't. Think so. I think they're they're like in a helicopter above us, avoiding the traffic, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> uh, we'll get there. I mean, I think that we're just like we're ten years, twelve years behind those both those bands. So, like, I think we'll get there eventually, may potentially. But like, no, I think like that's what something we're striving for. Kind of, we're like the car that's like driving on the shoulder, trying to like cut across the 405 like people are like that car that guy's not getting off here he doesn't have a flat tire just driving with the hazards on that is us <laughs> that is our lane <laughs> but you know then to be on this hella mega tour is a big deal it is it's wish fulfillment you know what i mean like we I, dookie was a a seminal album you know what i mean like that was such a big thing for us and and our band wouldn't be what it is without it and and i remember uh, when Buddy Holly, the video came out, I was like, this video is like crazy. You know what I mean? And and so, yeah, it's it's, it's huge. Yeah. What do you think those t- those two groups represent to music? Green Day, uh, to me, has written some, these songs that are like, there's big songs, and then there are these songs that are like generationally big. You know what I mean? Like when I saw them play like, you know, Basket Case the other night, you know, like, I'm like, wow, this song is, like, just baked into people's DNA, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the people, like, now their parents listen to it and it's, like, in the kids' DNA. It's really, it's, it's really wild to see. And, like, those are massive songs. If you get, like, one of those songs, you're super lucky. Green Day has, like, four or five of those songs, you know, which is crazy. And Weezer, I think that that Rivers is one of the most prolific writers you know what i mean like that guy writes i don't know a couple songs a day i don't really know where's eric olson how many a day he turned to me we were doing a radio interview and the guy was like well this sounds like there's a lot of guitars on this and he said 100 guitars <laughs> <laughs> i'm like and he's not lying there's not 99 guitars in that there's 100 guitars on that record you know what i mean which is pretty awesome he's amazing yeah pretty rad he's so what do you learn from being around billy and and rivers yeah what, i mean what do you take from that my take is like there's a long game you know life is very long it can be short if you like it can be short but like life is really long in general and you have to play it as a long game and that means like you can't chase things and i don't think that either of them have have chased you know what i mean i think that they've played like when american idiot came out like now people in retrospect are kind of like American Idiot makes so much sense or whatever. Like, that That was like a... a, a People fought that. Yeah. It was like, it was counterintuitive at the time. You know what I mean? And I think that that counterintuitive thinking made it massive. You know what I mean? It like was like this sleeping giant kind of. When you think about their cultural impact and then you compare it to your cultural impact, are you... What are you striving for? Is it is it that song that is passed down from generation to generation? But that could also be relative, right? I can argue that you have one of those too. Well, I think it would be great if I was in the car. Uh, I was in the car with this Uber driver the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, you're in a band or whatever." No, it wasn't an Uber driver because he knew my. So he knew my name. It was a car that I got picked up from the airport at, and he knew my name. And he's like, "So you're in a band or whatever, you know, whatever." And I'm uh-huh. like, "Yeah, yeah." What's it like? It's like it's it's kind of like Green Day, and he's like, "Well, that'd be nice." <laughs> he said, "Well, that'd be nice to me." <laughs> That's <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like uh so I just think at some point you your name becomes your descriptor. So like if you go talk about Metallica, you just say Metallica sounds like Metallica. And that is that your name is the descriptor. You've become this thing. That's the know? genre. Yeah. And I think that, that would be that's a cool thing to strive for. There's lots of things, but that's one of them for sure. Way to put it, because you do become it's true. Like it is the genre. You are No one calls not- Yeah, no one calls Metallica like thrash metal. You're no. just like Metallica just sounds like Metallica. What but, do you th- well, what do you think people call Fallout Boy? That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. You know what I mean? No, I think we're getting there. I think we're 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 on the we're on the path. But I think it's like thinking about it in terms of like it's it's a long game, and you can't you got to be 
aware of like at this point you have to be aware of what your legacy is what your musical legacy is and and think about that and take that stuff into account i think yeah because you are at a very unique stage where you've had so many hits under your belt i mean you have your second greatest hits album coming but at the same time like you said you still have decades left yeah to keep creating yeah and it's a it's a strange time to be at it too right because the the never it's a time where the chasm has been bigger between the old and the new you know what i mean like the old doing the old record cycles and and not concerned about streaming and and you know what I mean and the new being like what's an album you know what I mean like and it's like we're one of those bands that's like really in between the two and it's a really odd place to be you know what I mean but also a great place to be definitely because if you can play to both yeah that, definitely that's a strength yeah it's hard to play to both. Hard to play to even one, but yeah, for sure. What is the hardest part about the change in terms of how people consume music? Do you feel pressure, even though you have a Greatest Hits album coming, is there any pressure to keep releasing new records to keep up with demand or the attention span? I think I think there is pressure to do that, but at the same time, I think you got to do what's authentic to you, and it's really authentic to Rivers to write, you know, a song a day or whatever and i don't think that that's necessarily true for everybody you know our band doesn't really work that way and i think that people so we live in this time where it's like inauthenticity no inauthenticity i think you're close yeah we're close we'll go with it yeah yeah we'll we'll edit keep, that keep going. we'll edit that in that's a word yeah that's a word well but like i i, I think that we live in a time where people care about likes and people care about how many people see these things and it it's not necessarily about doing things that are organic or authentic or that's not necessarily what's rewarded and i think we're actually at a time where you have to be super authentic because that will cut through you know what i mean that will cut through and so be so do whatever and that's like what like when we put out this song like we bought an ice cream truck or like you got to do things that are like authentic to who you are and i think people will give it a shot at least you know what i mean and then if they like it they like it and if they don't they just move on to whatever the other thing is authenticity authenticity inauthenticity <laughs> Ooh. maybe we'll like start something no maybe we'll, we'll like we'll, we'll, we'll like cut it up <laughs> we'll do that we'll put the we'll put the destroyer ad right after that it's all good we're just, gonna be good in post it's gonna be fine just, just this weird edit of your mouth doing one thing and then it's inauthenticity <laughs> wow that guy sounds smart not even smart he sounds capable <laughs> you can get through it by the way like you bring up a really great point people crave true people crave real people yeah. don't want i think now more than ever people don't want a facade they don't no. have time for bull squash no it's it's just not i don't know i i don't know why people want real now more than ever because it's so because the world is so fake yeah and it's so weighted in in favor of 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 being fake you know yeah. and like filters. I, I find like lots of times yeah filters and like you're out and people are like taking pictures of every meal and you're just kind of like do we even like the food do we like it i don't even know do no. we it's like so emperor's new no. clothes you know what i mean yeah. like where you're just like do we like any of this stuff i'm wearing these sandals do i even like them i don't even know do we like you know you got a hundred thousand like likes on yeah them. i do like the sandals but you know what i mean like we live in an emperor's new clothes world right now so so what would what what is the future of fallout boy do you guys have any idea i don't know i i would like to do like i thought for a minute maybe it was like it's got to be something different. And I thought for a minute maybe it was like scoring a movie. But Fall Out Boy, like the movie, because the only thing we kind of agree on as a band is like cinematic stuff. And the movie lies somewhere between like Napoleon Dynamite and Drive. And that's like a concept that no one, <laughs> yeah. I, we say that to people in meetings and they're like. I love it. Yeah, they're like, I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing a nerd who can murder people and drive fast cars. Yeah, it sounds, that's about right. But you know also I mean? as a llama. Yeah, yeah, sounds, there you go. Sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Llama that sits but, in the back of the car. And, 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 and holds the, the, the gun to the head. 100%. Yeah, I, but I think. Spits acid. Yeah, but I think that it's something like that. It's got to be something that forces the perspective change. You know what I mean? It's got to be something that like makes us think outside of the box and i also think that it's not we're we're out of our record contract for the first time in 15 years 12 years so like it's what does that mean for you yeah it means that if you had 
$1,200 under that table. Okay. We could, I don't know. My lawyer's not here. I could sign something. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I want to sign you to my label. I don't know. He pressured me. Uh, no, I think that it, 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 it's just freeing because we're in a time where being able to move, be nimble and being able to, you know, if some someone was like, let's do this song together, let's do score this movie, it's a time when it's you want to be able to be able to do that. Yeah, you, know? you can and not even think about it or have to go yeah. through a ton of red tape that kills exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. So you have creative freedom. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty special. Scary. It's scary, but cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. guys have changed a lot from the beginning. Would you ever go back to what you used to do? Like, would you ever scream on a song again? Would I ever scream on a song again? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Will we, If we can get... If we can get like my kids like messing around at you know six a.m. on a Sunday outside my window and record it, yeah, hundred percent, we can make that happen. You're gonna yell at them, <laughs> yeah. Um, this authentic scream, yeah. It's like wow, he's just telling people to be quiet, get off my yard. <laughs> it's not light out yet. <laughs> Why does he keep saying that? Um, I think that it's hard to go back. You know what I mean? Like I know we talked about this is a good question. So. We talked about it before, and it's like, it's really hard to put stuff, like, back in the box and re-experience it again. You know, like, I, you look at bands that try to, like, and artists that try to recreate their first thing, and it's like, well, you can't play, like, speed metal because you, like, own a pool now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna, it's gonna sound weird, you know? Like, and, and so I think there's that. I think it would be cool, I do think that revisiting your roots and reinterpreting them i think that that can be really cool you know what i mean it's just going to sound different now because it's like it's 20 years later so it's just going to be a different a different thing is there any fear that somebody else might go back and do it meaning like history tends to repeat itself totally it does yeah and and people are going to look to you guys for inspiration because you laid an incredible freaking path i think it would be very cool to do that honestly i think that, that that's one of the great things that you tell that you have to tell people is like a these albums and songs exist so you can always listen to them and b there are people who are doing them and doing their interpretations of what they are now you know what i mean mm-hmm. or will do them and like that's cool i think that's awesome i think that that's what i mean when you look back at, at legacy that's something that's really cool or when someone comes up to you and is like andy hurley's the reason i play drums or something it's like that's freaking cool you know what i mean it's 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 tangible it matters you literally shape somebody's life and you kept that genre and that sound of music alive yeah and going yeah it is essentially bigger than you yeah it's definitely bigger but so are your songs yeah that's a good point yeah some of them are some of them like you go and people are like because and we talk about this all the time like my my buddy said it to me um but like no one no one remembers like a breakup or whatever by like the 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 free game they just downloaded no one's like oh yeah i like downloaded that game and that's why i like remember you know like you set it by like music and by art and things that you love you know i mean and so like that's pretty cool to be like that much of a texture in someone else's life you know what i mean woven right in there yeah it's pretty rad what are you thinking well, no, the reason I asked that is because, you know, I love songs like Saturday and yeah, I slept you. with somebody from Fall Out Boy and all yeah, I got yeah. was a stupid song. Yeah, yeah. And there's those screams in there that remind you of like middle school or something when yeah, Pop Punk yeah. was huge. And I was For like, sure. maybe they could get back to that. But like you were saying, it may not be authentic to you guys anymore. Yeah, I just think that it would come like lots of times. It's a thing that we've thought about and talked about and like we'll do versions of those songs. But whenever we do versions of those songs, no one ever is like. That reminds me of Take This to Your Grave. Like, that reminds me. Of, like, we do them, and people are like, oh, that's a cool song or whatever. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, because them. we're different. You know what yeah. I mean? And we're, like, we're at a different place. You know what I mean? And so I think that you can do versions of it. You can do interpretations of it. But I think going back, it would feel a little bit like a parody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where like where you can speak to, like, Napoleon Dynamite. Like, when Uncle, whatever his name is, is, like, throwing the football. And he's like, I'm like a quarterback you know whatever you're like it's like it feels a little weird when they're like when when you try and force that i think you know what i mean yeah well do you think you guys have gotten almost like too successful with too successful with what your current sound is to kind of go back to that and reintroduce like your audience to it because like some of your big fans or the people that come to your shows may not even know that first album totally um well we usually we try to always like when we're doing a set list we do try to take it all into account because this is what it is right so when art's been going on for a long time, you're 
where your entry point is what where you think about it you know what i mean so like lots of times i'll be looking like i go deep on star wars and people the the all the references to star wars now are the prequels that at the time when i was really into star wars people were like the prequels are lame it yeah. looks bad the cgi is bad and like whatever you know but now all the references are like the news you know because it's always like people hate the news <laughs> so all the references are like why can't you just make Star Wars like the prequels? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they went from being the ones that were hated to yeah, being the ones so that they're were adored. You know what I mean? Fan favorites. And I think that, so it's your entry point, or you uh, look at bands or whatever it is that's been around for a long time. You know what I mean? Like people are like, you know, why won't these guys just do like the, the, the first week of the show? You know what I mean? Because that was when they were like so free. You, but you're like, you're like, we're doing versions of that, but like it's just different. It would be weird if we went back and like tried to force it. We could just do kind of like, versions and so we we try to we try to do versions of it i think our best our best case is like creating a set list where we put those songs in and we create playlists where we like slide those songs in i don't think we don't like write differently in terms of like this sound would be because i think there's a fresh way to do all of it you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you could go and be like we have a song that has just guitar and there's a way to do that song freshly and you could have like you can for sure have a top 40 hit song doing that if that was what you were doing by design there's a way to do it i just think that like to me it makes the most sense to do things that are authentic to you Mm -hmm. you know and i just think it's like there's a certain freedom to being like we're just playing punk rock in our friend and our guitarists like parents attic and we're just like smashing stuff and they kind of don't know what's going on up here like yeah there's a freedom in that and you just it's hard to like go it's, back and you to can't duplicate put the, that yeah like, get, putting the toothpaste back in the tube is like impossible i get it you know what i mean yeah as a fan i, I hope you're okay no i'm okay like, i get it no i get what you're saying it's like it's an interesting like thing to walk down and to kind of like yeah. figure out because like we've tried to even like kind of write those songs and like i said we play them for people and they're just like it's not real. It's not. Well, it's just not. They're just like, oh, okay, it's a cool song. And I'm like, damn, I thought they'd be like, this is like a throwback song. And they just don't say that. But I'm telling you, the entry point makes the most sense. Yeah. And I think when you're talking to so many new people every single time your record's on the radio or every time you're out somewhere or at a show, I mean, you're right. Like people, their reference point is only what's in their yeah. ears at that very moment. And for me, yeah, totally. And for me, a great, like if you look at like a band like The Clash or david bowie or whoever like people who started eras and then changed and i remember at the time or metallic or whatever it is at the time with some of those artists i was like so those other ones were early for me metallica wasn't but like i was like oh my god like why won't you just do it like this and now you know 30 years after that or 20 years after that i think i'm able to appreciate them as artists because they did change and they didn't do the same thing and i think if they had done the same thing it would have been harder for me as a as a now 40 year old but like when i looked at it when i was 30 or whatever like being like oh this is cool i can listen to this as like a grown-up whereas if they just stayed and done the same thing it would be like harder i think to for me to have done that you, you know what wouldn't I mean? have grown with the music yeah if they it allowed me to grow you know what i mean yeah if they would have been stagnant and stifled their growth you essentially wouldn't have grown as well yeah it's tough to be a fan though man because people will ask you to like love one thing like completely and then they move on to the next thing and you're like just do the thing you told us to love you know what i mean it's hard that's that stuff is hard honestly it, but it is i'm gonna say i think you guys have changed a lot over the years so that might contribute to why you're still around selling out arenas because if you think of a lot of those bands back then i don't think they changed and you guys have and you still are growing the fan base like i mean think of like census fail hawthorne heights all yeah. those type of guys yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I never set my, like, I can never, I never, like, try to look too much. It's so hard to compare because everything's always different or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, like, I think that we got lucky in the way that, like, our band has, genre has always been, like, a weird thing for our band because, like, we were into metal and we were into hip-hop and, like, whatever. And I think we got lucky that we, like, timed it accidentally. Like, we're, we're in a world, like, my kid... My 10-year-old does not care about genre. He just, like, likes songs and goes different genre to different genre mm-hmm. or whatever. And you, like, look at, like, Post Malone or whatever. And I'm like, this guy is, like, everywhere, all over the place. But you that, know what I mean? But that's and it's art. cool. And it works. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's, like, a, it's having a pop moment right now, which is wild. But, but you guys are the same way. A collection of different genres sounding different than the rest. I think that's what l- lent you guys to a very easy mainstream sound right out the gate. Yeah. Right? It was a kind of combination of everything. Yeah. 
It wasn't. Eric Olson says we were not easy, easily mainstream. <laughs> Listen to that laugh. That laugh is like. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, like Hundreds and thousands of hours of calling the same PD. <laughs> all right, all right. There's pain. Wake up. <laughs> There's pain behind that laugh. Totally. totally. Um, but one of my favorite titles of all time. From you guys, either song or album, my heart will always be the B side to my tongue. Yeah. Uh, is there a title? I know we we started with titles. Is there a title that you're particularly proud of? The the, the creativity that you, you you put out there. Um, I think I mentioned a good one. Yeah, yeah. I liked. Um, there's a couple ones we li- that I liked, and these ones I I think people maybe know, but like our lawyer made us change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. That was a true story. We had <laughs> there was this like. Um, <laughs> There was this, I don't know if it was like a made-for-TV movie, but it was about the Temptations. I think it was, but maybe it was like, it was like a VH1-type movie. And there's a moment in the movie where David Ruffin steps up and he's like, my name is, I'm David Ruffin and these are the Temptations. Like, he's like, I'm the guy, you know? Yeah. So that was the name of the song. And the lawyers from the label were like, you can't do that. You'll get sued for that. Like, you can no longer, <laughs> because of Rosa Parks, you can no longer name a song after something that is not co- like is not part of the song in- integral to the song itself um interesting and so we changed it that i remember we when we put out thanks for the memories it was immediately following uh our radio guys being like you can't do the long song titles the dj's like cannot <laughs> say the titles <laughs> so we were like cool just take out the vowels <laughs> 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 thanks yeah. for the moon yeah so that's fun like that stuff is just fun you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's great. I've, I've actually always wondered why it was thanks for the memories without the vowels yeah, yeah, yeah it was a direct reaction to them being like the titles are too long we're like let's make them super short <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't change the way they say it no <laughs> they still have to say thanks for the memories yeah but there's no other title for that record that record, what was it called? No, it was Thanks for the Memories. Always, one. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was like, Thanks for the Memories. That song is so good. That okay. was an interesting song where we we went in with... So for, I remember when after we put out From Under the Cork Tree, we went, we were at that movie, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, and the music for that movie was insane. It sounded like punk rock bit written by somebody who'd never really like been told that punk rock can't sound like this. So we were like, who did the music for this movie? And they were like, oh, it's Babyface. Like, oh, Babyface, dope. Okay, so we called Babyface up and we were like, we want to do the next record with you. And he, he was like, that's cool. You can afford to do two songs with me. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did, uh, we did, one of the songs we did was Thanks for the Memories. And he, it was one of the cases where he really elevated the demo. The demo was, was cool, but it was definitely like not a like hit song, you know, or whatever. And he elevated the demo. So you went to him with something already finished? Yeah, a demo, but he was like, do mandolin here and do this like you know mm. like and 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 it was like crazy because it was like you know he would be like he'd be like do it like this and we'd be like and this is like an example of like somebody who's like a truly extraordinary musician because we he'd be like do it like this and we'd be like you can't do it like that and then he would sing it back through the talkback and we were like oh man like this guy can like do it all so <laughs> yeah. like you can't just be like nah you can't do it you gotta like <laughs> he can fight you on yeah, everything and win <laughs> yeah for sure for sure. What? So what do you learn from that session? Anything that stands out? Yes. Uh, when we walked in, uh, he had the sound. He had the he had the the the, the plaque for the bodyguard soundtrack on the wall, oh. and it was like twenty two million or something like that. And we were like, "Whoa, twenty two million. He's like, "Oh, that's an old plaque." We were like, "Wow." <laughs> and the first thing he said, because we were like, we'd been flown around and we were like being shown the world and you know like whatever, and he was like. The first thing you guys need to know is never buy the jet. He's like, make a friend who's got a jet. True. He's like, cool, got it. Okay. It was like all like little nuggets like that. You know what I mean? He was like, make friends with a private jet. He's like, okay, great. But in that moment when he gave you that advice, he believed that you guys are going to be big enough to one day warrant a private jet. Sure. Or he was like, this is like what I'm doing for the next like four hours and like... (laughs) This is fu- this is fine. Yeah, he's bullshitting with Yeah. <laughs> he had a very, like, Yoda-like vibe to him, though. You know what I mean? Like, where he's, like, or Yoda or, like, Mr. Miyagi, like, where he's, like, imparting wisdom on you and you think you're just, like, painting a fence or something and then you, like, walk away and you're like, oh, he was teaching us something the whole time. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember the other record you did with him? I think the other one we did was, um, I'm like a lawyer with the way I'm trying to get you off. I think that's the name of it. Uh, and that one, 
I don't know. Like that was a like a long, interesting record. Like where we filmed the video in Uganda, and it was like it was a, an intense, intense song. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not not as memorable apparently because Zach had to write it down. He was like, "All right, this no, song. Is I write it okay, this is listen a B- to B- listen to this B side later." Yeah. <laughs> Preferably while you're working out because you won't be paying attention to it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so nice that you think I work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another great compliment. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really? Well, uh, You were talking about songs with cultural impact. Did you ever think Sugar Were Going Down would have the impact that it's had? No, 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 no. Not at all. For sure not. Um, and it was a weird one. You know what I mean? Because we were, like, laughing about the, like, mainstream thing, but or whatever. Like, when we put that song out, we got, like, no ads at radio. And people were kind of like, ooh, I don't know. And... It was really driven by the video. Like, this is, and this is a heart because the world was a different place. But, like, we had a video that was a weird one, and you can go see it on yeah. YouTube or Vivo or whatever. But, like, we got pitched every, every, every video treatment for this video was like, all right, there's a bunch of people partying in a backyard, and somebody, like, falls in the pool, and then, like, everybody, you know, and, like, it's like, oh my God, like, I've seen this video, like, a million times. So there was this one video that was, like, this weird, like, deer boy, and, 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 <laughs> And it ended up, like, really reacting with people, and then it went on TRL, and it went up TRL, and that, like, forced it to get kind of played on the radio, because it was not getting played before that. So TRL really created that record. Yeah, it did, and pushed it and drove it. And MTV, like, and videos really drove that, like, the early part of our career. Do you miss that? Yeah. I mean, it's different, because you could just never, it would just be so different now. It's like one of those things where you go you know, we talk about going back and whatever. And, like, I, I went on TRL last summer, and it was really cool. It was just so different. You know what I mean? People were like, is it just like it was? And I was like, this no. was, like, chaotic when it was TRL. You know, like, it was chaos. You know what I mean? It was, like, shutting down Times Square. It's insane. It was special. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Backstreet Boys, like, would shut Times Square down. That's insane. But could that happen again? Yeah. If it did, it would be different. It wouldn't be TRL now. It would be, like, a YouTuber or something, right? It yeah. would be, like... I think social media ruined that whole yeah, thing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But I also feel like music videos, they just It wouldn't be the same way. It would be no. something different. People always ask you, I don't mean to cut you off, no. but people are always like, you know, and people people would be like, what, who, what is Nirvana? Like, what's the next Nirvana? And like, the next Nirvana is like not going to be wearing flannel and playing guitars. Like, I would tell people it's like Jaden Smith, because to me, that kind of is what it's, it's going to be in a form like that. You know I what I mean? Yeah. Well, Dave Grohl said it was Billie Eilish, you yeah. know? You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah. You're 100% right. You're not going to know it essentially when it comes. Yeah. It'll be different because nobody knew Nirvana when it came. You know what I mean? Dude, no one expected it. I'm like weirdly convinced that Alec Benjamin is an ex-Bob Dylan, but maybe yeah. I'm maybe I'm dumb. No, I don't think you are. I actually see him a lot on John Mayer's Instagram, and John mm-hmm. is saying similar things. I think yeah about his songs, like about the they're beautiful. Yeah, people. yeah. they're like deep and they're like fables, and it, it's they're so gorgeous. That, yeah, yeah, because I think wild. in the era of Bob Dylan, like you look at, you 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 cast things in this perspective when we're talking about, we have re- recurring themes. This is which is really great about, we're doing like making something really special here because we've got these recurring themes coming up. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like you're looking at things through a lens. So Bob Dylan at the time wasn't, Bob Dylan at the time was like a guy who was getting called a sellout on stage because he was playing an electric guitar. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just wild. like, it's it's wild to think about that in retrospect. And it's wild to think about like, so talking about social media or something, you t- think about like when the Beatles are making like the White Album or like whatever, you know, like you think or or Sgt. Pepper's maybe, you know, like what would people be saying? They'd be like, dude, your music sucks. Mm-hmm. Just like play, you know, <laughs> hold my hand or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's like. But see, the fact that there was no social media allowed those risks to kind of flourish and find their home essentially because there was nobody, you know, I feel like it's it's a recurring theme where it's like. The, we, we crucify people very quickly. There's there's an instant jury, and we don't care about anything else, right, right? right? And I feel like that's kind of hit every facet of our world. Right. And it's this mom mentality. Right. So you release a record that is maybe a little bit more risky, right. creatively different than the last one. All it takes is three or four people to light a fire that maybe didn't exist before. Yeah, for sure. And then hold back the potential release or maybe make somebody think differently about how they choose to create. Totally. I mean, I think the Beatles, you know, like I was listening to the Beatles with my 10-year-old the other day, and it's really wild, like, how many big, great songs they had. And it, and you really got to stop and think about, like, what's the movie? This movie called Yesterday? Yeah. You got to really think, like, would... Because I see the debate online, like, would people care about the Beatles songs if the Beatles hadn't existed and you put them out now? I kind of think yes, in the way that, like, I think that, like, if you play a Post Malone song on 
to me on any format, like if you play it on an acoustic guitar or whatever, those are big songs. No matter and I what. think some of those Beatles songs, a lot of those Beatles songs I think are very similar. But like, I don't know, because I think so much of our processing of pop music is based on the Beatles songs that it's like, without them, would you even think those were great songs? I don't know. That is such an interesting conversation. Yeah. Like the first pop record you hear, that kind of builds your baseline of what everything else would sound like. Totally. And your foundation for, like, these are great. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're big and they're also great. This is you know what, what you mean? think great will be from this moment forward. Yeah. What did your son think of those songs? Did he like the Beatles? He did, and he w- thought the mu- movie was really interesting, you know? And I th- think... I don't think, though, like, like, like at his school, they're not, like, talking about the Beatles in the same way they're talking about, like, Travis Scott or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not driving culture in the same way. Um, But clearly it did at the time. You know, yeah. people, like, wanted to look like the Beatles and... But there was something. The there was something so simple, but also big about those records. For sure, they were like so. It was so like it's one of those songs. Like a lot of those songs are like, why? Like why didn't I think of that? You know what I mean? Like that's such an. It, the concept is so easy, but it's just a skew. Which is, I kind of think. I think about that about Sia songs all the time, uh, and I think I have the benefit of like talking to her and hanging out with her. So like I see her mind is like an interesting. She has an interesting processing, uh, but there's lots of times where I'm like, dang, it's just like a little twist. But it's like different, you know. what I mean, it's like the perspective is off a little bit, and it like makes it, it makes people react. It's wild because it, you're you're right. Like a lot of it is. Why didn't I think of that? But the truth is, like you could, I you couldn't, couldn't have, you couldn't have. You know what I mean? No, you, I couldn't have. Yeah. What do you think the biggest mistake Fallout Boy has made over the past few years is? <clears throat> um, I think just being too precious about all of it in the way that, like, you know, we we put out a song. Um, for the Ghostbusters movie, and oh, yeah. uh, people really reacted, and we were like a small part of this movie. You know what I mean? Like we were very small, very, and people had had gotten so fired up. And I think you just have to put what you think and what your songs and your ideas are out there, and how people react to them is how they react to them. And you can't sit there and. Um, think that you're gonna have like a, a a committee beforehand that like is like i like this but i don't like the, you know like that's not gonna it, you can't have like a think tank like that you know and i think we got and we've been too precious about that kind of stuff i think do you mean in terms of not wanting <coughs> to release music yeah and i think like being worried about like people reacting this way or reacting that way and i think that the truth is it's like a saying that it's a long game you have to be able to like put who you are and what you think and your music out there and how people react to it is how they react to it. And in the moment, you can't really care about it as much. I think you got to, like, release it to... But do you hold it to a higher standard today than you did before? Because essentially, like, I'm not saying that a lot... Before in your career, you put a lot of weight into people's reaction. But to your point of you're playing the long game... You can't kind of... It's harder for you to fix something. Do you get what I'm saying? It's harder right. for you to come back right. from something. Right. Because you have so much great behind you. Right. Oh, for sure. So and you put you more think, stock? Yeah, and now you think about that in terms of, like, you put a song like My Songs out, and I remember the night before we put it out, I was like, we could just, like, not put this out, and, like, the legacy would be what it is. Yeah, because you don't ruin anything. Yeah, but if you put it out, you can, like, damage the legacy. You know what I mean? And you can change how people think about the other stuff. Yeah. You think... Yeah. But I think you think about it too. You can't think about it too much. You can think yourself out of things. You know what I mean? You can't oh. think about that stuff too much. You have to like live. And I think about it in terms of like paparazzi stuff. Like when they're like out and about, and I'm like doing stuff. I'm like, I just you know like. And there was a time when I was like so worried that like, oh, you look like dumb doing this, and you look dumb. You know, and it's like kind of like you just gotta like live your life and who you are and not really worry about any of that as much well because that fuels authenticity which is i think so genuinely why people care about you yeah i think so i think you have to i i mean what what is living in what is living a life that's not true to you that's not no, living I at think all you have to you know what i mean like i think you have to and you have to like just keep being who you are you know and growing <laughs> cliche but true no totally so when you're putting the set i want to ask about the tour when you're putting the yeah. set list together is it still fun performing songs like Sugar We're Going Down, like Dance Dance and Thanks for the Memories, is it still as fun as it used to be? Yeah. Um, But I think that so much of that is based on the energy of the crowd, like how people react to that stuff. Like we play, we added Hum Hallelujah back into the set um, on the last 
the last couple festivals we did, and it was a lot of fun because people reacted and it was big. And I think that when people don't react or there's more of a like, Ooh, you know, like or not, uh, but like just like not a non-reaction, it's harder to because you feed off of what that is. You know what I mean? And so now I think you play those songs and we play them for like a generation of people who were like a little too young to have seen them the first time, and then we went away, and so people are like. They never got to see it. You know what I mean? So yeah. we now we play those songs and it's like a group of people who are like, my older brother listened to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. My parents listened to it or whatever. And and so they're experiencing it for the first time, which is kind of exciting, which is honestly, when I went to Horror Nights last night, it's like way more fun to go with like two 10 year olds who were like freaking out. Like when we were in the car on the way there, they were like, is it in, like, is, like they had so much anxiety. And I was like, <laughs> this is so much fun. Cause I was like, we're just going to like horror nights or whatever <laughs> but like they're freaky. They're like losing it. You yeah, know what I mean? It's their first time. Totally. And you don't know what to expect. For sure. And I think those songs represent an entire era of music. Like, they're some of the biggest songs <laughs> yeah. from the early 2000s in pop punk music. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's really cool. It's just like one of those things where, like, I think that, you know, 10 years from now, you look back and you see how people, re- you know, like, it's always, you're constantly not adjusting for history, but you constantly see how, you know, like, you, you go out and people play, like, Mr. Bright Eyes or something. That's, like, the biggest song of that year. So when people, when you play that, People freak out because it's mm-hmm. like a timeless song. It's like those generational songs, you know, whatever. So it's, it's like when Panic sings, I write, I write, uh, I write songs. I write sins, not tragedies. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get that one out. But when those first few notes are on, the whole crowd goes crazy. People go crazy. Yeah, because it like represents like that. Like a, it, it stops being this song you put out on this album, and it becomes this like moment in time for people where people are like, I was graduating, or I was like, you know, like I was ground, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Like it's like this moment in time and who you were, kind of. Which, which is wild. you have a ton of those. <laughs> Obviously, what is it for you? Is there a record from Fall Out Boy that means the most to you? The reason I was asking about the screams is I like a pop punk song with the random screams throughout. Right, right, right. And you guys just did that perfectly on some oh, of those early you. songs. That's so nice. So that's what stuck out. Yeah. Th- thank you for complimenting his screams. Yeah, that's so nice. He's a great man. screamer. I feel like I like it's the same thing, the compliments on the workout. I was like, God, that's so nice. <laughs> I mean, screaming yeah, can't be easy. It, it, people, no. sometimes I have friends that don't listen to m- music with screams in it, and they're like, anybody can scream. I'm like, try screaming and having it sound no, good. There yeah. is an it's, art to there's screaming. There's an art to screaming, yeah. There's an art to screaming. How did, going deep here. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> how did you perfect your scream? From the diaphragm. Uh, yeah, I think I just did it over and over again, and you hurt your voice, and <laughs> then you learn how to not hurt it, and you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it, like... For me, like, I ever perfected how it was. I mean, like, to me, I'm always, like, deferential to Patrick because that guy, like, kind of can sing whatever and it just sounds awesome. He's just one of those guys that's, like, super talented at it, you know? So, like, I've always just kind of, like, been the backseat guy musically to what he does because he's honestly so good. Like, when you have somebody who you're, like... This guy's so good at what he does. Why would I... No, why would you f*** with that? You, yeah, why would you mess with it? Like, you don't want to mess with the recipe. You know what I mean? No. So yeah. you scream when you can. Yeah. Or you used to. Yeah, for sure. Good screamer. Oh, thanks, man. That's really nice. Now, you brought up Patrick. <laughs> I've always wondered, how did, like, you become, like, the guy who talks for the band instead of Patrick, who's the lead singer? Yeah. I don't think that Patrick ever really... If you hang out with him in any kind of setting, like, whether it's here or you go out with a group of, you know, five or ten people... It's he's he's got a uh, not I wouldn't say introverted is the wrong because I think he started with introverted and I think then he kind of like figured out the balance of of what it is you know what I mean but he doesn't it's just like he doesn't have any interest in it you know what I mean he has no he's good at it you know he just doesn't it's not something that's like interesting to him out of all the times we've spoken he's only been around once yeah but but that's a great team though right yeah. it's it's everybody knowing their strengths and weaknesses and when you know your weakness. You're smart enough to let somebody else carry it for you. Totally. Or, like, you just kind of be, like, I think about it in terms of, like, like when you're, if you were part of, like, a racing, a car racing team or something, like, you don't, like, fix the engine if you're the driver. Like, if yeah. you're, you know, you don't put the tires on if you're, like, the engine guy. You know, like, you just know what your part is in the assembly line. You know what 100%. I mean? 100%. Yeah. Well, because it takes everybody to get it going and totally. to get it out. Yeah, totally. With without one of you, it, it's clearly off. It would be different, you know. what I mean, it doesn't work in the same way, you know. But it takes a while to figure that out, you know. Like over the years, you like you trying to step on each other's toes, and sometimes you do step on each other's toes, and sometimes you try to step on each other's toes. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> you figure family. it out. Yeah, that's like family in any team that's yeah, in it for the long it's, haul. It's like brothers more than anything, you know. Which is like a strange it's like strange to be essentially on a submarine with like three of your brothers for like 
20 years. You know what I mean? It's like a really odd, it's it's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, because this it's this thing that's, again, bigger <clears throat> than all of you that connects all of you no matter what. Totally. And, like, there's some things that, like, where you're like, only these three other guys would, would understand it. it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, when you're, like, want to kill your brother and you're on a submarine, like, like I promise you it's very small. You know what I mean? Like, you're like... <laughs> Yeah, it is. It yes. truly is. It's just like a weird thing. Like, just think about like going home to your families for Thanksgiving, but like you're with those people every day, every day for like 20 years. You know what I mean? This is like odd. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to think about it. No, no, no. Because no. it, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, you you learn quickly, like, or not quickly, but you learn how to give each other space and how to like, I don't know. You know what I mean? They like, gotta could, learn all that stuff. Once you get into a really sweet spot, it's just comfort. Right? Like, once you've seen everybody's everything? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, what more is there for them to know about you? Oh, for sure. None of that stuff at all. But, like, I think at the same time, like, it's hard not to push each other's buttons. It's hard not to, you know what I mean? Like, especially when you, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's It's just, like, such a, like, whatever you do with your siblings, it's, like, the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's, like hard not to revert to who you were when you're like seven yeah, you know because, what I mean? you, because you just that's just how you interact with each other that's how it started yeah damn that's gonna be us how does I that make you feel mm-hmm. well if we're <laughs> successful as follow boy then i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> uh one question i mean one of many questions how did you decide about sampling something for this record was that a hard decision adding hand uh because you added hands up to it well so I don't really know about the the whole sampling thing because on this song in particular because this came from Wyclef. Got it. And so I think that he had sampled this song, but I also think that I don't really know. I'm not like actually entirely sure because we got we were working together on the song and then we were getting ready to put the song out and then all of a sudden they were like, There's a sample and I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't I what is the sample? I don't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um Because that changes I mean that changes the financial breakdown. Yeah, for sure. So the part so if anything well yeah, if there is a sample like it's in yeah, because what we used a sample on centuries, there's like a little sample on light 'em up. So like it is kind of what it is. Like most modern music mm-hmm. more most modern music pop music has samples in it, you know, whatever. Um, Inspiration. Yeah. But I do think that, yeah, so when we got, we were doing it with Wyclef, they were like, oh, there is a sample. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I mean, it's like, whatever. It's yeah. not, you know, it came, it happened before we, before the part of the track that we worked on. So, it's the way it goes. Yeah, for sure. Dear future self, if you can send one line to your future self in this very moment, so you can listen to this, watch this. Yeah, yeah. 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years from now. Because I feel like you're going to be a guy who definitely gets his head attached to a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Look in the camera and send send a, send an antidote to your, yeah. to your future self. Uh, to What I would say to my future self is I think it's going to be all right. Like if we go to Mars or if we like shoot the stuff into the sky to block the sun a little bit or whatever it is, I think we're going to be all bombs. right. Yeah, I think we're going to like figure it out. But like regardless, like you're going to have figured – your stuff out you know what i mean like you're all right you know what i mean and i think that that that's like the point of the song you know what i mean like is being able to talk to yourself in the future and be like you're gonna be all right you're gonna like make it through whatever this is because i think we write to our you write to your past self all the time where you're like you should have like not worn this and like why didn't you say this when yeah. they were you're mad or whatever but like talking to your future self is cool too like it's cool to be like it will it's gonna be all right you know what i mean like you're gonna figure it out you we will. Do we do. We will figure it out. You know what I mean? Louder. Uh, whose idea was the Hell Omega tour, and what was your first reaction when you heard the <laughs> bands that were coming together for it? So we talked about, I think, well, I'll just talk about my band. We talked about doing a stadium tour. Like, what would be, because when we were growing up, there was, like, the Guns N' Roses Metallica tour, and that was a massive, massive, massive What was the name tour. of that one again? I think it was just the Guns N' Roses Metallica tour, or it was just the stadium tour. Well, look it up. Eric will look it up. He okay. knows. He was probably on it. Were you on it? I was working Metallica back then. Yeah, yeah. I was working Metallica. <laughs> I was working. That record worked itself, buddy. <laughs> he also worked Shakespeare stuff, yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> it's a big deal. But, so, like, this was a massive, massive tour. It might have been called, was it called the stadium tour? It's called Guns N' Roses Metallica Stadium Tour. Yeah. 
Damn. And you can get those shirts. They're sick, whatever. But like, there was three riots on this tour. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ! Yeah, like there was a lot. Of, like this was there was like a you wanted to. Know by this, the way, that's culture. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like that was like they were moving the needle. Like Axel was wearing like a a catcher's a, a baseball catcher's guard, a kilt, and Converse, and an NWA hat. Like bef- <laughs> way before you should be wearing it. Like it was cool for like a some white guy in a rock band to be wearing an NWA hat. Like very very cutting edge, like pushing culture. Um, yeah, so I think that we talked about the idea of there being a some kind of rock tour, some kind of rock experience, because there is. We live in a hip hop world. We live in a world that is driven by hip hop currently. Yeah, and I think that there is some counter programming to that. There is something. There are kids who want to pick up a guitar. There are kids that want to go and and see Basket Case and Sugar We're Going Down and 100%. and and Beverly Hills like all at the same time. And so we talked about it. I think Green Day also talked about the same thing about doing some kind of Monsters of Rock tour. So we kind of started putting together the idea of it. And for like I said, it's like for us it's wish fulfillment. Like we we grew up listening to these bands. It's pretty cool. We we knew Weezer, I knew I knew Rivers pretty well. We'd like shot this weird like um band hero commercial together years ago and it was <laughs> That's a big deal. The whole thing was like absolutely insane. They were, yeah, the whole thing was insane. That's like a whole other story. But and then we met Green Day and we we inducted them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was like a a big it's a big deal too. It's a big moment. You know what I mean? Like you're inducting someone else into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's it like crazy. Green Day. Yeah, Green Day, man. That's pretty wild. And so like A, the tour was a no brainer, but like it was yeah, it was a big big deal for us to even be considered like part of the conversation or like asked to be a part of it. it was pretty crazy. Who is headlining? Or is it a co headline bill? No, 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 no. It is Green Day will be playing last at every show. It'll be uh, Weezer, or no, the Interrupters, Weezer, Fall Out Boy, Green Day at every show. Um, but it's going to be a rock and roll experience. Like you can come there and you're going to hear all the bands, all all four band singles, and all the band. You know, like it's going to be a big like rock and roll experience. I think it'll feel like a festival. That's you know? I feel like that's in people yeah. want the festival vibe. People, they told us <laughs> we did. We got we went into like a. What is it called? A group think? A what focus is it group? A focus group. We focus group this thing. <laughs> and they were like, people want the festivals, guys. <laughs> give us more than one. <laughs> we're going to play one price. Stop talking about the Uggs and give us the <laughs> festivals. <laughs> Hello Megator. Very exciting. Yeah. I love that name. Yes. Hello Megator. Hello Megator. Hello Mega. Hello Mega. Hello Megator. Go. Enjoy it. Pete Wentz. <laughs> I right. love and Thank appreciate you guys for having me. You're, you're amazing, yeah. man. Thanks, Thank man. You. Thanks for having me. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.